0: Listening to you, smart trailer Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And
1: I am your co-host, Samael.
0: Welcome to episode 63, Red Sun. Mm -hmm. And for all of you nerds out there, you'll uh, probably understand the reference. There's Red Sun Superman, who's like the Soviet Union Superman. Ah. (laughs) So, you know, at least for for us, he could be considered evil. So, uh, we're going to be talking about... um, Another evil superhero, in this case, Brightburn, in our main segment today. Yes. And uh, we've got two kind of unrelated movies in uh, our usual Chopping Block and Cult Corner, of course. Before we get into all of that, however, we do have to give a shout out to Sports Radio Detroit, our gracious host.
1: Yes, and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you just look up SRD Sports Radio Detroit. That is SRD Sports Radio Detroit. Not Detroit Sports Radio.
0: Yes, and you can also check out the website sportsradiodetroit.com for a lot of awesome articles and to listen to all the other shows as well. Now we're just going to take a quick sponsored break before moving on. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary. But it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They're always available for you. And
1: if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257. So what's been going on in the world of horror, Samuel? There's been a lot of stuff, but uh, <laughs> there's going to be a remake of an old Mark Wahlberg thriller called Fear starring amandla stenberg why i
0: i don't know i mean it's kind of cool i guess because uh, as far as i'm aware this movie wasn't really that out there at least it's not so much now i I feel like but it's got marky mark and reese witherspoon of all people in it from 1996 probably overshadowed by scream (laughs) yeah
1: most likely uh when i searched up underrated horror movies like this Always popped up, and like the poster that I saw looked pretty badass. And then once I looked it up and saw Mark Wahlberg, I was like, No, nah, I can't watch
0: this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was apparently like a, a love story gone wrong kind of a thing because Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg's characters fall in love, and then he's, I, I guess, revealed probably to be like a serial killer or something. But yeah, this new one is going to start Amanda Stenberg from The Hate You Give. So that's interesting. I'm assuming she probably is going to take. We- reese witherspoon's place and uh that's pretty much all of the information that there is so far but that one's coming down the pipeline why don't,
1: you, why don't you be like the roles be reversed now the guy's the normal one and the chick's the crazy one
0: yeah it could be i mean it'd be kind of like a typical play but yeah it would be it would be interesting next up we have an announcement about a new horror anthology series and i'm always excited about horror anthologies yep this one's coming to Hulu, and it's called North American Lake Monsters, based off of a book by Nathan Ballengrid. Um It's actually a book of short stories, so it makes complete sense. And uh, there's even a sort of descriptor of the series, so why don't you tell the people, Samuel?
1: So it says the series will explore how encounters with vampires, fallen angels, and other monsters force Louisiana n- natives to re-examine their broken lives in what is being described as a contemporary horror anthology. Take will be an individual episodic anthology in line with Into the Dark rather than Castle Rock seasonal variety. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, we haven't had have a lot of horror shows recently touch on vampires and angels and like reanimated corpses a lot. Late. Well, maybe the reanimated ones like Walking Dead and all that bullshit. But like vampires, ghouls, demons and all that stuff. I think it will be cool to see them make a comeback, especially... And the best way that they can, in my opinion, is through a horror anthology. Because we don't need a whole movie with these. We just need, like, short episodes. Like, Masters of Horror had, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Except, you know, more serious tone. And I I think I'm definitely going to check this one out. It seems pretty nice.
0: Yeah, the short story collection actually looks really cool. And, um, I mean, the fact that this is coming to Hulu and has Mary Laws, who worked on Preacher as the creator of this series, um, and also writer and executive producer, like... I- I've heard good things about Preacher, so I'm excited. And, yeah, most of, like, what we've seen in anthologies recently is, like, slashers, uh, like, home invasion yep. stuff, or, like, ghosts or psychological thrillers, basically. That's been a lot of what it's been just because of this whole, like, new wave of horror. But, yeah, I'd love to see more monsters and folk tales and ghouls and stuff like that. Yeah, honestly, that would be...
1: That would be what would be best for horror right now. Just take just take a turn in another direction, just for a little bit at least, before mm-hmm. horror can gather itself and decide if it wants to keep spewing out random haunted house mm-hmm. movies and stranger knockoffs.
0: Yeah. So the North American Lake Monster series is going to have eight episodes, and once we know more about it, we'll definitely keep you guys uh, informed. And finally... I was excited <laughs> about this. Yeah, pretty cool uh, news article here. James Wan and Sam Raimi going to be working together to produce a movie called *The Burden*, which is based off of a short film. Actually,
1: you know, uh, I remember *Lights Out* was a short film, and then they turned it into a big movie. And honestly, I enjoyed *Lights Out*. So, like, especially Sam Raimi now and James Wan like joining forces to make something, uh, it makes me seem like it's not not gonna be. It makes it seem like it's not gonna be. Your stereotypical run of the w- run of the mill haunted house movie, you know, because uh, Sam Raimi is a fucking legend, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he has the talent to like <laughs> and the brains to tell James Wan like, "Hey bro, let's uh let's take this a different direction that people are normally accustomed to seeing. We don't we don't need any more La Llorona's or Insidious or any of that shit."
0: Yeah, it does say that the short centers on a young woman visiting her boyfriend's family home. And learns about a sinister history with his creepy neighbor and soon all kinds of skeletons come out of the closet so I wonder if this is going to be maybe another paranormal thing or if there's gonna be some kind of home invasion aspect going on but it seems pretty cool and there's no more information about it yet but the fact that those two guys are teaming up they're both like super innovative and legendary now filmmakers so yeah I think it's really cool
1: Yep. yeah raimi is definitely like one of the goats just simply because of evil dead and army of darkness mm. and drag me to hell like that's all you ever you need from him to like yeah solidify his spot as a legend and james wan he's he's a soon-to-be legend i want to say i wouldn't yeah. go as far as to call him a legend but
0: he's probably the most iconic horror director working right now i guess oh yeah so.
1: i would say so yeah uh i don't know i just hope sam raimi helps make a Sam Raimi-esque movie and mm-hmm. not so James wan At least yeah. put both of their visions together. You can make some crazy shit with that. Seriously, imagine mm-hmm. all the potential with those two.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I have to see the, the short before deciding, like, what the vibe of this movie is going to be, but I'm pretty stoked about it. Same. So there's a, a few trailers, and then we're going to move into the meat of the show. The first trailer is the new installment in the Into the Dark series on Hulu and this one is called they come knocking releasing june 7th for father's day
1: i thought it looked pretty cool uh so a guy took his two daughters out in an rv in the middle of nowhere and then people start like harassing them trying to get into the rv and then we see them exploring like the area and there's like a dead body and there's a bald chick who's like looks kind of like a mutant uh imagine hills have eyes but like a little bit more like atmospheric i would say because hills have eyes wasn't atmospheric it was just a brutal middle of the day hillbilly slasher movie yeah and this one seems like it's going to be a little bit more psychological so i don't know it it definitely gave me those hills have eyes slash like rest stop vibes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so hopefully it doesn't disappoint because into the dark so far like they've been kind of just hit or miss with their stuff
0: yeah the last few looked okay and I liked I'm just fucking with you and this is actually yeah. supposed to be directed by the same guy who did I'm just fucking with you okay then that'll so, be good for sure yeah so I think I think he's got the, his style down pretty well um the characters look okay the practical effects look okay but yeah the atmosphere in this really looks dope and it actually kind of reminds me of like Eden Lake or uh I think it's them it's them or they <laughs> I think it's them uh where is that Wes Craven uh no it's like a foreign movie i think but basically it's like the kids are the killers or whatever and they're all like wear hoodies and stuff like that so it looks like that's kind of what's going on and they come knocking as well if you remember like all the little kids and stuff so it should be cool i'm interested to see if they take it into like a supernatural direction or if it's going to be more like hills have eyes or something like that
1: yeah it's hopefully it's both
0: that would be cool. Yeah. That would be, be a good mashup. <laughs> that would be a good combination for sure.
1: So next we got a we got a fan film for the trailer. They're releasing another Jason fan film mm-hmm. called Jason Rising. And it's scheduled to come out in fall of twenty nineteen. And the trailer looks uh the trailer looks okay. The sound is kind of like muffled and a little off to me in like some parts. Some parts like the music comes out like a lot louder than mm-hmm. the actual dialogue of the characters. But uh, I like the way Jason looks. Uh, he he looks part three-ish. Uh, looks like he's running again, so <laughs> I enjoy that, which kind of makes it more fun because like people can actually like fight back against that type of Jason. Because against undead Jason, it was always like really just a massacre, you mm-hmm. know. We saw what happened to Julius, and uh, I don't know. I I think it looks pretty good, especially for a fan film. They just need to fix that minor audio problem, and you got a good movie.
0: Yeah, and we can't forget to mention that. This Ooh. movie does also feature the return of Pamela Voorhees. Yes. Apparently, yeah, it looks like
1: her z- zombie body. <laughs> She's like half naked or whatever, and she has like tarps and shit. They're all ripped up, mm-hmm. and she like pulls Jason out of his like resting place or whatever the fuck, wherever he was. I don't know. I don't know when this takes place. This, we, we, I guess, if this was a sequel to the remake, mm-hmm. that would make sense. But if this takes place after, like, Jason X, then that means they're on Earth 2 and they're not at Crystal Lake. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, this probably can't take place after the first movie, obviously. So, I, yeah, I have no idea. It might just be its kind of own thing, like, retconning various movies. Yeah, it's going to be, like, the Evil Dead 2 version of the Friday the
1: 13th franchise. Just going to be, like, a, it's probably just a retelling of, like, I want to say 2 through 4, it seems like.
0: Yeah, kind of, because it seems like that's the sort of Jason, at yeah. least in look, and I don't know, I mean, the fact that, you know, his mom comes comes back is, is confusing, and then it features these two, like, bounty hunters or something like that as well, who are supposed to be, I guess, the protagonist, I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a super high body count uh, no. Jason movie, so I'm not sure if that's just because of, like the the smaller production or what, but I'm curious to see if I'm wrong. I'll say that much. I hope it is because I think Jason movies should be body count movies. Yeah. So we will see. But uh, I believe you can also go to the IndieGoGo of this movie and uh, donate to them. And they're still, you know, a, a bit off from uh, premiering the film, and they still need funds for various things. So. If you want to support this movie, you can go do that. And the last trailer that we have is for a movie based off actually a real location, Clown Motel. What really confused me about this movie is it looks like
1: if you've ever seen like Revenge of Bloody Bill or any of those like straight to sci-fi channel movies, Mm. that's what this one looks like. It was filmed like, like it has that like straight to TV movie vibe to it even the uh, it's the cinematography really nothing else the vibes too because like yeah. hey a bunch of friends uh go somewhere and oh look now we got a bunch of undead people that always happens in the sci-fi like original movies like revenge of bloody bill casa de los muertos mm-hmm. and like all of those movies dude and like i was kind of pretty put off that you told me it, it also stars uh ari lehman the first jason and tony moran yeah. the uh, adult unmasked michael myers So, uh, I guess they just enjoy horror culture, and they just wanted to be part of it. Uh, But I think it's pretty dope that they got, like, the first kid, Jason, and they got the the adult, unmasked Michael from the first one. So, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty much the only positive thing about this movie. There's, like, midget clowns running around. I don't know what's going on in this film.
0: Yeah. It's based off a real location in Tonopah, Nevada. And it's the clown motel, and you can really go there. And I don't know if there are actually clowns there, but there were clowns there. Something happened with clowns there. But uh, this movie is supposed to be about uh, a group of people who go there, and, yeah, I guess clowns attack them. And the weird thing is that Tony Moran and Ari Lehman are are clowns, and they're in, like, full clown makeup (laughs) and costumes, so you can, like, not even tell that it's them. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't even think... They've really been doing a lot of movies and stuff, so they probably came kind of cheap. Although, if I was the first Michael Myers, I'd be like, I need at least six figures. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I don't know. I don't think they could have done that with this kind of budget. But, yeah, it looks kind of bad, but it is actually coming out straight to DVD. And uh, I don't even know. It might not even be out on Blu-ray. <laughs> Maybe they're too, too cheap for it, but it's coming out uh, June 4th, so... I mean, a lot of movies don't even get
1: to Blu-ray. They just have, like, a little DVD release or, like, straight to TV or, nowadays, straight to digital. So, mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame them. Just make some money off the DVDs and if you can, you know, if it's a good movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. but, but from what we see, it's going to be one of those... Uh, Dude, the production quality looks like, like 2004,
0: 2005-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also can't tell if it's supposed to be, like, a first-person found footage thing or if it's supposed to be like a third-person narrative or both or like i don't know it's really confusing the the cinematography
1: makes it very confusing yeah. so like i said if you watch if you go back to like 03 to 06 07 sci-fi channel when it was still skiffy yeah <laughs> a lot of these type of movies played on there and i'll bet you a hundred dollars by by october this movie is going to be like all over the sci-fi channel
0: like premiering on sci-fi yeah, yeah. like it's Motel.
1: it's definitely one of those movies
0: i'll just say this to leave off what really put me off is that apparently the dp in this movie used at least five thousand dutch angles <laughs> like why <laughs> every fucking frame is slanted yeah i don't understand
1: in 90s it's like <laughs> so, it's like how it's like that like like i said urban legends had that house yeah. on haunted hill had that
0: but not so like every shot no
1: this one every fucking shot was the exact same shot bro i was like am i ever gonna be right side up yeah in this fucking movie <laughs> either that or it was like it showed the person from like their neck up or like their chest yeah. up like uh very close up and from like a 45 degree angle yeah. it's like
0: really anyway clown motel <laughs> yeah that's definitely exists now yep so let's move on guys in this next segment we're going to examine a cult classic horror film in the cult corner and in this week's cult corner we have brain damage dun 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 this is one that i
1: really wanted to pick up from Arrow video and like own it mm-hmm. but then you let me know that it's on shutter so i was just like oh well let me see if i like it first <laughs> and uh after watching it I- i'll say like if i ever want to watch it again i'll just stream it somewhere yeah <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> it's pretty hard to swallow no pun intended oh
1: don't why did you do that
0: Oh, man, yeah, there's a crazy blowjob death scene in this movie, folks, okay? That's really all you have to know. And if that doesn't pique your interest to watch it... Then then you're probably normal. You probably are normal, yeah. (laughs) Unlike (laughs) us. If you're a freak like us, then you're probably immediately interested if you've never seen this movie. Oh, yeah. And this is definitely a cult movie. from the same guy who did Basket Case only, I think, like six years earlier, Frank Hennenlauter, And this was his second movie... And uh, boy, was it even weirder than Basket Case, honestly. It's funny. You
1: even get a scene from Belial in in the basket and his brother. They show up in one scene with with the dude. I forget his name. Brian. Brian, that's it. Yep. They see Brian on the sub on a train, and then Brian kills his girlfriend. uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unbeknownst to him. Right. So the whole plot of this movie essentially is that Brian becomes uh, infected by this weird. Ancient, I don't know, alien <laughs> parasite whose name is Elmer, A Y L
1: M E R, Elmer.
0: Elmer, even in the shutter description, it says Elmer, <laughs> and I guess there's like a running gag with his name. But yeah, it's it's this weird little thing that's kind of shaped like a like a little. It's like a little sperm like, but like
1: an a, elongated light bulb is yeah. the best way to
0: describe it. It's kind of poopy looking. Yeah, it looks like a turd, a purple turd. <laughs> yeah, like if Mr. Hankey was purple and blue and had like some weird like fucking, I don't know, what is that like a It's not like a stinger. <laughs> no, it's like a <laughs> uh, like a needle almost. Like
1: a, like a imagine like split a snake tongue in four and take one of one fourth of it. That's okay. what that is. That's a very specific That's and very weird example. Specific. Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: but yeah essentially it's just like it's basically a needle that comes out of him and it squirts his juice into your brain calls it, yeah. and it gives you like a lsd like trip
1: as we saw from brian when he was running around the junkyard giggling at cars
0: yeah because he thought that he saw lights in them or something like that yeah i don't fucking know yeah so it's essentially a drug produced by this thing and his whole thing is that he He kind of forces you to do his bidding in order to get his juice more. And he really likes brains. So that's kind of where the horror elements come in. He starts going after people for their brains.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: what I really liked about
1: this movie was like every scene where Brian was like indoors or even his like brother was indoors and his girlfriend, like they had that classic 80s like blue lighting. Mm -hmm. And like it was a dark movie with a pretty... It had a sense of humor. It didn't take itself too seriously. Aylmer uh, was, like, <laughs> voiced by some middle-aged white guy, it seems yeah. like. And uh, <laughs> he, he just sounded like he was up to no good. Uh, but Brian was already, like... Like, the first time he gives you this drug and he does it on purpose is to make you have these withdrawals so that you'll have to bring him, like, more victims, you know? And yeah, that was just the whole premise. Like, Brian breaks up with his girlfriend and then he goes to the club and, like find a victim and then that's when the cock sucking scene to death (laughs) happened and
0: honestly the movie just goes more and more off the rails like it really does this movie at least for me really reminds me of like a David Lynch kind of thing except that the plot structure is significantly better because David Lynch's movies almost have no actual plot structure they're just weird like that's where the comparison for me is, is just the weirdness yeah (laughs) because uh all the lsd trip scenes are very colorful and vibrant and cool i mean some of the cgi is like really bad
1: oh i didn't mind it though
0: (laughs) yeah it kind of gives it almost this charm because you can tell that the movie is super low budget oh yeah so but i mean some of the stuff was good i mean the the animatronics i'm assuming that they did for elmer was was pretty good seemed like a little (laughs) puppet like like the crypt keeper it looked like the Crypt Keeper's dick. Like, that's what he was. <laughs> yeah. They did some kind of similar looking stuff on, I think it was like Night of the Creeps or something, because I believe in that movie, uh, there's these little, like, things running around the ground, and you can, like, see if you pause it well enough. Uh, you can see, like, the wires. It was one of those cool little Easter eggs. But this kind of looked like it almost had the same thing going on. But I, th- I think it was done pretty well for, for what it was, you know.
1: I think so, too. And uh, like I said, I like the mood of it. Mm-hmm. i, I like the lsd like trips that brian was having and uh elmer was pretty badass up until like <clears throat> up until the end where he got thwarted which mm. i didn't understand w- why he ha- like at the expense of brian he had to be thwarted like i mean i guess brian would have like died anyway since yeah. he would have died from the withdrawal from the drugs so
0: yeah because i mean th- the whole thing behind this movie I mean, one of the biggest themes was drug addiction and withdrawal and everything like that. And, I mean, leads to suicide, I'm sure, more often than not. Yeah. So I think that that was definitely represented here. There was a lot of uh, sexual thematic representation as well through, like, the blowjob scene and even even the kind of side plot of Brian's girlfriend and his, like, brother hooking up that was kind of slamming yeah i know right you <laughs> were like, gone
1: for two days uh, i can't wait for you forever
0: yeah. you so, fucking skank like. <laughs> sorry brother you're being a little weird so i'm just gonna sleep with your girlfriend and they live together too apparently which is i don't know for kind of odd but it's a weird movie so <laughs> i guess the characters aren't really supposed to be very like pure and just and everything you know his brother got to live though right yeah i believe so yeah i don't think they died or anything well i mean his girlfriend did but yeah, I yeah his brother right
1: after we saw belial and his brother on the bus yeah
0: dude i was like freaking out when i saw the basket i was like what what yeah. what i didn't like recognize the actor at first because i've only seen the first basket case so have i but i saw the i saw the basket and i, I knew like, right oh, away yeah. yeah and then the fact that they looked kind of freaked out by brian Tells me that they probably knew something was up. I think you know? Belial was like giving his brother that telepathy and mm-hmm. he's like, Yo, what did you just see
1: that thing that came out of his mouth? Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I may be a monster, but I'm not a fucking alien. Let's get out of here before he eats my brain. Like
0: Yeah, they even had this whole big scene of exposition where that old guy was describing how old Aylmer is and and all this weird shit. It was just kind of like some cool you know backstory without actually giving us a flashback and everything i don't know if it was totally necessary it was very explicit exposition It was like yeah
1: he is this 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 and it's like thank you movie <laughs> like yeah we really
0: needed to know that like, it, we already knew what was mm-hmm. well that like, it could be a dog like no one was sitting there thinking that shit <laughs> no not at all so i mean it, you know the whole background of him was was fine i don't know if it was necessary the characters themselves weren't that important it was more about like the messages the movie was trying to portray yeah you know in conjunction with all the crazy weird visuals so i totally got that um you know i don't know if that is ultimately like a central point in this movie because just like the deaths or like the kills themselves and all the trippy visuals i think is probably what makes a lot of people like this movie
1: yeah for me it was the premise i mean yeah alien brain eater will give you drugs. And if you don't get the drugs, you die Mm. and you got to keep bringing him victims like that. Just that you can tell it's
0: not going to end well because
1: movies like that never end well. Yeah. This is is one of the first no hope movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. And I mean, it was a relatively simple plot too. I mean, it's, it's out there, but you know, it's not like the most complex plot ever because ultimately it kind of almost just evolves to like a slasher yeah sort of where he's just going around killing people but um i mean there's still like some some important messages in this movie and important themes portrayed and even though the plot is pretty simple it does a pretty good job of moving along and and kind of giving you everything that you want out of the story and i think it reaches like a pretty satisfying conclusion it's sad but <laughs>
1: but it's just it's how it would pan out you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. no like fairy tale ending or any of that nonsense. It's just like, well, here's what happens when you
0: get too far into drug abuse and mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So much different from like Basket Case, kinda in that aspect. But this was a cool movie. I can definitely understand why it was cold It was my first time watching it as well. Same. Uh just like the other day. And I I I totally get it. It's cool. I might revisit it at some point. I don't know if it's one I like necessarily want to rewatch soon but no i I need some time yeah at least until like the fall you know what i mean yeah because it's it's not quite like a fun horror movie i would say it's fucked up like it's just sad it it, it's definitely crazy i mean i was i was laughing at at some parts you know but oh yeah for sure but uh yeah like i said kind of hard to swallow so (laughs) so that's uh, brain damage guys if you haven't seen it i mean we definitely recommend that you watch it at least one time just to experience the craziness it's not like super gory or anything
1: the bathroom scene with the bathroom stall oh yeah the shower yeah that one was probably the goriest thing mm-hmm. o- other than the ending where that big bump was coming out of brian's head and mm-hmm. he had to blow his brains out
0: yes yeah, definitely go check it out, guys. It is on Shutter right now, and it's the uh, unrated edition apparently, because uh, supposedly when the movie first came out in theaters and the original home video release, stuff like the the blowjob death scene and some of the other gruesome scenes were cut. So you can watch Brain Damage in all of its gory extremity right now.
1: Yep, that's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go the extra mile and look at documentary footage and like interviews you could just get the arrow video release of the blu-ray which is a lot of collectors like to do that uh Mm -hmm. this is one of the arrow movies that i'm gonna just skip out on for now fair enough because i feel like it's too much
0: (laughs) yeah definitely so guys let us know what you think about brain damage if you have seen it but we're going to move on into our main segment but first a few sponsored messages hi this is jason Hank walking around, and spinning the wheels on Sports Reader Detroit. Check us out every Sunday over on the SRD Hockey feed on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's SRD Hockey in your search bar. New episodes every week. Hey Samuel. Hey Barnabas, what's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh. Well, you can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company.
1: Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly 100 years to bring their books to the market.
0: Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So, make this
1: free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Aha! Uh-huh. You've already written a book. Next thing to do is make this free call now to
0: Doran's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. welcome back fright fans in this week's main segment we've got something a little bit different for you we're going to be reviewing the brand new superhero horror film that we alluded to last week brightburn
1: and it seems like the only true like superhero slash villain horror film Mm -hmm. because like sure you could talk spawn and hellboy and blade but those are more like action slash like adventure type movies you know fantasy like some del toro shit you know like but this film is 100 percent horror there's nothing action about it
0: yeah which i like a lot because you know it really kind of gives you those those horror elements straight up it's it's very gory but but there's a great atmosphere in this movie too you know it's not just shit is happening every five minutes there's actually character development build-up and and story build-up as well
1: i think my favorite part was like that it actually was like a stalk and kill movie yeah like you see him in the in the back of a lot of the kill shots and then he disappears because like it, there, and there doesn't need to be like a big like logical explanation how he disappears like for michael or jason this motherfucker can fly yeah he can float he could do whatever the fuck he wants so he can be there and gone in an instant and no one will question it which i liked
0: yeah this movie basically was if superman was evil yes essentially you know and and there have been a lot of stories that have kind of approached that at least in the comic book world mm-hmm. but this movie really took it to the next step and basically said you know well okay what if he was really pissed off and he was a kid who got bullied and you know he was very what's the word i'm looking for gull, not gullible but just able to be controlled
1: yeah. And then he just got sick of it, man. <laughs> he got sick of everything. I, I, I think that one of the main themes in this movie is like lying because you hear liar a lot from the little mm-hmm. kid and he kind of goes off the rails because he was lied to.
0: I mean, yeah. If, if my parents told me that I was adopted and then I turned out to be a murderous alien psychopath, you know, then yeah, I would be, I would be upset. but there were talks of, themes of xenophobia as well yeah it seemed like it i mean kind of not really because not really because
1: i want to say because no one knew he was an alien right so that's why that doesn't really fall into place as to why the other kids treated him differently Mm -hmm. maybe because he was like he was a bit smarter than them and he had like obsessions and he was just knowledgeable so they were just haters that's pretty much the best way to put it i
0: think the only way that you could actually say that (laughs) this movie had themes of xenophobia is if you're like A Nazi yeah (laughs) it's kind of weird to say that but I mean no you're right here's basically (laughs) why because you know without giving away any spoilers you can obviously tell that this kid is basically evil Superman right he's got fucking superpowers he can burn your face off with his eyeballs and shit like that right so obviously he is literally superior to other human beings you know he developed like and once he knew it though he wasn't
1: like oh i should like help people he developed like a superiority complex
0: yeah kind of i mean there's there's a whole other element to why that kind of happens as well which i don't really want to give away yeah let's just but but you know yeah he ended up kind of seeming that he was a lot more intelligent than a lot of other kids athletically gifted even and once he started developing that Um, you know he just felt like oh yeah I'm I'm better than everybody so from his perspective that was probably ultimately why he thought he got bullied but I mean I don't know (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of stretching honestly for me I think there's a lot of uh themes about like puberty yeah in this movie I mean when his dad was having the talk with him and Ironically
1: enough, when he started having the talk is when the kids started, like, going off the rails. So definitely yeah. some, <laughs> some uh, anti-testosterone messages here.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely that. And then really just kind of about growing up as well and parenting when you're not ready for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think instead of the xenophobia talk and all that kind of shit, I think more a, f- a family... kind of discussion that you know we need to be approaching this movie from and that really kind of develops throughout like the story itself throughout the plot i think pretty organically you know it was fine i mean some people were definitely complaining about like the the story progression and his character development
1: i thought it was fine i don't know what people are complaining like what else do you want how much exposition do you want yeah like everyone needs a reason like well why did he so-and-so act Mm -hmm. like this well if you watch the movie, he was kind of subconsciously, I want to say, programmed to be like this. Because you saw, like, the chanting and all that stuff. Mm. And, like, it, like it was subconsciously implanted in him that his mission is to, like, take over the world. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And uh, I think even in the original, like, Superman origin story and, like, how he came to get his powers, I'm pretty sure it was also around, uh, like, when he first started going through puberty you know correct me if i'm wrong but i think that there is something to that so it makes total sense I mean, your body yeah starts going through all these changes and for aliens i guess it's developing the ability to fly and punch fucking trains and shit yeah <laughs> or, you know i don't know but <laughs> so that's a whole thing so the, yeah, the the family aspect in this movie i think was portrayed pretty well his character development i think was also actually portrayed pretty well i agree um especially because of that one element that we kind of talked about that we couldn't mention specifically may feel like kind of a a cheap convenient thing to some people i don't really think so because i think it falls in line pretty well with like the superman story
1: i think if it wasn't that it would have been some other like over the top like Mm -hmm. thing and there would be like even more exposition so i'm fine with the way it was honestly Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't want to add so much more to it that like the story just seems like so fucking diluted like that always ruins it like i don't know at least for me
0: yeah and think about it this way i mean it doesn't have to be super complex either exactly especially given like who he is so i think they approach that fine um as far as like the horror elements this, this is definitely a horror movie and i think they they did pretty well there was a lot of cgi use but i didn't it, mind it it wasn't yeah it wasn't crazy excessive or elizabeth banks bad. did
1: really well too like mm-hmm. this is like the first like extremely serious role i've seen her in okay and it's like the first horror movie i've seen her in i think it's probably like the only horror
0: movie she's in because i think she was in uh, slither was she i believe so yeah i
1: the only movie i really know her from is 40 year old virgin oh
0: yeah now, I'm pretty sure she was in Slither, which is another James Gunn project. Probably why he uh, brought her back for this. Yeah, it makes total sense. And then David Denman as the husband, Kyle Breyer. I've seen him in other stuff before. I think he did a real great job in this movie, too. He was the dad. Yeah, he
1: was He was cool. It's just His decisions, though, kind of like... Yeah. It's like, dude, if you know what you know, why would you even do that? You know what? I don't want to spoil it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, now that I kind of think about it, the the mom and dad kind of characters are represented kind of i mean stereotypically in this movie you know oh yeah of course they're not like super dynamic you know mom and dad
1: dad (laughs) acted like a dad
0: the mom acted like a mom always wanted to protect him the dad was like what yo what the fuck like you know like yeah (laughs) he's trying to be like kind of cool but at the same time he like didn't know how to talk to his son about sex
1: i also want to give a little spoiler alert that had nothing to do with the story of the movie okay at the end of the movie, they were alluding to an evil Aquaman and an evil oh, Wonder yeah. Woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a cool Easter egg in like the mid-credits part of the movie. So, if you do stick around, you should. Uh, you get to see a cool, familiar face. And then there's more stuff that may hint at a potential Brightburn sort of franchise. So, that's cool. I think it could totally work. Obviously, we're not going to spoil the end of the movie or anything like that. But... All I'll say is that there's definitely potential there. And I like the way the, the plot moved along. The horror elements were great. There was one particularly, like, gnarly scene that I think a lot of you gore fans will like. Are we, are we thinking about the same one? I believe so, yeah. And the then Muyo kept talking about Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dog. <"Dawg."> yeah. <laughs> no, it was crazy. Yeah, it was probably, like, midway through the movie or something like that. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I that was probably my fi- most people's favorite scene in the movie i'm sure so fucking disgusting yeah but no the the actual horror scenes were great like you said with the stalk and kill i thought that was actually done super well i did too especially because you know i mean with his powers and everything he could have easily just probably went through everybody in the town and fucked them up but instead you know they, they chose to uh kind of have these these stalker almost michael-esque <laughs> sort it was of moments. yeah and definitely. They used the darkness very well, in my opinion. So, overall, the cinematography and and the lighting and everything in this movie was great. You know, I had absolutely no problems with it. I think they did it effectively. And they also used the daytime scenes pretty effectively, but it was definitely strongest at night oh, yeah. in this movie, which was good. So. Especially
1: once he found his getup.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which it did. I won't say anything, but I liked I liked the outfit. I will say that much. I, I know a lot of people were complaining about the mask and stuff. And honestly, I like the mask. I don't know if it's going to become as iconic as I think James Gunn said he, he thought it was going to be. But it could be. I mean, I think the potential is there, especially if they release another, like, really strong movie or two in the, in the series, you know.
1: I think so. I think they should, like... I think they should just sulk in this movie now. Like, just enjoy... Like what the horror fans are saying about it, and mm. like now, like give it two, three years until we get a sequel because this is this is a really, really different horror movie. I've never seen anything like this ever. Yeah, and I know you can probably say the same thing. Oh yeah, we've never seen anything like this. It's definitely the first of its kind. So I don't want everyone to jump on that train and just ruin it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because honestly, now if there's even like like friday had and halloween like if we get that slew of superhero or supervillain horror imitators now i think that's gonna really take away from the sequel of this movie so i'm begging uh those companies that make movies like uh 11 11 11 (laughs) ripoffs like the the dudes who made basically hey you guys who made the silence Mm -hmm. or you that one guy that used to work for uh what was that fucking company that that copies movies and
0: like oh asylum yeah asylum stay away from this genre please
1: (laughs) we don't need you making a fucking your own version of this movie because then we're not going to enjoy a sequel to this movie i think it was perfect the way it was the way it was presented to us uh if you want to be nitpicky, you can nitpick at a few things at this movie. Sure, you could do that with every movie. Yeah, but it was seriously a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. and so far one of the better horror movies of 2019. I want to say so.
0: Yeah, I think there were actually a lot of really cool parts with like his uh, kind of sigil or whatever. The costume I think was cool. The ho- horror elements were great. Yeah, some of the writing, you know, maybe kind of felt a little contrived, but I mean. For what this movie was, I think it was it was totally fine. I think so. And acceptable. You know, it wasn't like the greatest horror movie ever. It wasn't the best thing ever. There were some parts of this movie that, yeah, felt kind of typical. But, yeah, I thought it was super different. I definitely have not seen anything like this before. To note, like, the movie actually only made, like, 18 million or something in the box office over the weekend. Which is rough because you've got, like, Godzilla coming out. You had John Wick 3 come out. Yeah, yeah the i mean movies have been just slammed with good popular shit so it's, it's kind of a tough time for this movie to come out it's okay you'll still have the blu-ray release and the dvd oh yeah and the digital rentals and the digital
1: streaming mm-hmm. and that's where everything is really nowadays like that's why i'm collecting physical media now because pretty soon it's going to be just like vhs tapes yeah for e- sure. even with 4k coming out we're going to have digital 4k movies able for able to be downloaded
0: you know you could just buy a code and then Mm -hmm. download it straight to your tv or your xbox or whatever the fuck you use yeah so i mean I, i do think that a lot of people will end up buying this one it may even become a cult movie it's obviously too early to tell but super different i think at least in that at least for that reason it's going to be pretty popular you know in the years to come but um, yeah, I also hope we don't see much. I mean, considering what the movie made, we may not see a sequel at all, but I think we'll at least see some, like, spin-offs. You know, hopefully I, I we think get, uh, fans will clamor for it. Hopefully we get Evil Wonder Woman or Evil Aquaman. That would be super cool, yeah. So um, that's all I have to say about Brightburn, guys. Definitely way different. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you go check it out. Uh, while it's in theaters, it's definitely a great like Saturday Night Movie, I think. Yeah, and for it's sure. a good theater experience too. It is, yeah. Like the really loud, like
1: fucking booming speakers, really, really enhance the atmosphere and like the, just the foreboding of the entire movie. Like I just, I, I like the like the little foreboding, like raw, and like yeah. all the chanting and stuff. So, very eerie movie, very atmospheric, very gory, and very different.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think this next movie that we have coming up is also pretty different yes and we're going to be talking about it in our final segment where we examine a new streaming horror film in the chopping block ah! and in this week's chopping block fright fans we have a brand new film by director richard Shepard, technically released last year but just came out on netflix and it is the perfection really? this was last year technically a 2018 film but i mean pretty much released widely this year so
1: yeah because i've never even heard of it until uh started scrolling through those horror groups on facebook Mm -hmm. and someone have you seen the perfection on netflix
0: yeah i think it was out in like festivals and stuff and it was actually really well received on the festival circuit i can see why yes um this is what i would call a psychological thriller slash horror i was gonna say psychological thriller Yeah. yeah Um, definitely has those vibes considering all the imagery and and the plot but as you could probably tell if you've seen the trailers and everything this movie focuses on these two cellists so there's a lot of uh themes about like music in this movie and there's a lot of themes about like corporate corruption
1: and like Mm -hmm. all the really like i want to i hate i don't like using this term but like the toxic masculine themes yeah. that like take place behind these the scenes of these corporations and heavy messages on sexual assault and abuse and all mm-hmm. that stuff and and like sexual conditioning and brainwashing and stuff
0: like that. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much more on those subjects, yeah, honestly, because it it, it's it's gonna give away what happens. Uh, the the baseline like premise is that this one uh, cellist who formerly was like one of the best in the world under the tutelage of uh this one like very renowned uh cello instructor uh portrayed by steven weber who i'm glad to see in a movie again yeah because <laughs> i like that guy i think he's a great actor
1: you don't even remember the last
0: movie i saw him in yeah i i can't even think about it but he's he's been in a bunch of stuff allison williams from get out fame playing charlotte the the former world-renowned cellist and she comes back and realizes that she's been basically replaced by a new girl lizzie portrayed by logan browning and they enter kind of this weird relationship and to really give anything else away would i think be doing too much if you've seen the trailer you know that lizzie ends up going through some shit she basically thinks that she's sick and that's kind of where the movie sort of takes off but then it goes off on another tangent so yeah it's pretty crazy honestly every act of this movie feels like its own kind of thing and it was yeah which to me is is kind of a criticism because i can see how every act kind of flows into the other and meshes together but there's those, still those like weird intermediary scenes where there's those like flashbacks so i won't say too much about those yeah. but you know what i'm talking about when it started rewinding yeah it, basically in order to create a twist honestly for me that could have been a little tighter i don't know if they needed all that stuff i think if they had written like just an organically flowing story i think it would have been better I think the third act didn't really match the intensity of the rest of the movie no at least to me and apparently to a lot of people they, they've had the same kind of criticism but initially i think what it did was awesome yeah and the production quality for this uh, movie was actually very very good
1: i think it was too and it uh i would classify this even though it was like a psychological thriller it also fell under, like, the experimental, you know, avant-grade horror. Yeah. Like, cause just because of, like, how different, like, each scene was. You know, they were spaced out explicitly through numbers, just mm-hmm. like Antichrist was. And it really had that, like, tiny spoiler. It won't spoil anything. Once you see the tattoos, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, fuck, what's going on? Yeah.
0: So it it seemed something. like
1: some cultist shit was going on. But no, it gets it gets even worse than that, honestly. Even though sh- shit like that, I guess, probably does happen in cults.
0: Yeah. I will say, honestly, for me, the kind of big reveal in that third act of like what's really kind of going on... I wasn't surprised. Didn- I wasn't surprised, but it also re- didn't do it for me. I was kind of let down. I thought it was going to be something <laughs> hard to say, but even more fucked up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Just the way that the movie was going... Or at least I thought it was just going to be a little bit more action packed uh, in that third part, because kind of in the, like the middle of the film, you probably know what scene I'm talking about. Once everything is like going down, I thought it was just going to keep that momentum, yeah, and kind of turn into almost a different type of movie. It didn't really. It chose to. It chose to really explore those themes that we mentioned before, like super hardcore in depth and the the pacing kind of slowed down the the characters became like very ambiguous so that that wasn't my favorite but actually I think the beginning of the movie is one of my favorite parts just like the the cinematography the use of color in like the beginning of the film was awesome I wish that they had kind of kept that going throughout the rest of the movie they sort of did at the end but
1: I if I feel like yeah. the more the movie got unraveled, the less colorful and the more dark it got. Yeah. Not only in like lighting and you know color, but in like concepts too. Like it kind of once the once the unveiling came, it was just like, ah, oh, that's what this is about. Is there anything else? Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be no more than like a avant-grade revenge movie.
0: Kind of, yeah. I, the the psychological elements were okay. I don't really think that they capitalized on what they were trying to do at all, honestly. You know. The
1: ending, though, when, like, when shit started, like, really going crazy, like, Mm. after, like, uh, one had survived. After that, like, I thought there would be more action. It was just kind of, like, camera up to someone's face, swing the knife, Mm. fall, beeping noise, get up, get up,
0: stab, stab, and then it was just, like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Essentially, like, the last half of the movie, like, moved on from the crazy, psychological, colorful shit, kind of, you know, in your head, sort of almost acid-troopy kind of stuff, into, like, all right, now we're going to teach the lesson, <laughs> and that's that's sort of it. So, I wish, honestly, I liked this movie, but yeah. I kind of wish that, like, the focus was more consistent throughout it.
1: Yeah, because it seemed like they were trying to throw you through a loop rather than, like, explain, Mm -hmm. like, just through, like, the movie and not, like, through exposition. But they did the opposite. There was, like, way more exposition than I thought. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, I thought it was going to be one of those self-explanatory as it unravels movies. Mm -hmm. Like, Shutter Island, where they, like, finally, like, show, like, the tiny exposition at the end that just blows your fucking mind. Yeah. But this one
0: kind of, like, kind of missed the mark. I don't know. I think it was largely because they were trying to develop this intense crazy relationship between the two leads which i guess they did kind of successfully but all i'll say is that there are multiple twists in this movie and i don't know if they really like lended to the character development as well as if like the characters had just naturally been shown to like do what they do and progress you know at least that's my opinion if that makes sense yeah, that's exactly how i felt dude okay, cool <laughs>
1: yeah we yeah we think similarly on things cool yeah i mean not to say that it, it wasn't a bad movie at no, all no no i just felt like it wasn't good at storytelling yes yeah, especially of. kind of like okay movies like antichrist when they have like the explicitly like numbered scenes and they tell you mm-hmm. like this is this this is that at least that one was a little bit more obscure and you had to figure out for yourself why like each segment was titled that Mm -hmm. it wasn't like explicit at all there was no exposition in antichrist no this movie was just like this movie did its exposition with flashbacks and talking rather than like having you figure it out like possession or antichrist and stuff like that yeah
0: because those movies honestly were far looser Just in general, you know, the plot, characters, dialogue, everything. It was was really largely up to how you perceived what was happening on screen. The Perfection definitely had that kind of standard structure. It was just, you know, segmented. Yeah. And they tried to connect all these segments together. I mean, in the grand scope of things, like as far as what happened in the story... It was totally cool. It was fine. You know, I accepted it. I was still intrigued by what was happening. I, I was always looking forward to figuring out exactly what the fuck was going on. And I wasn't quite expecting the story to go the way that it went. So I liked that. Like I mentioned before, the cinematography and the colors when they were, <laughs> you know, vi- like vibrant and done well. I think all of that was great. the The acting was great. Yeah, I have no yeah. qualms with the acting, really. You know, Alison Williams is awesome again. I, I, re- <laughs> just,
1: I just wish there was more, like, at least symbolism rather than, like, explicit dialogue explaining yeah. stuff. Like like we saw in Possession where, like, where uh, Sam Neill's wife lost her faith. Mm. She was, like, going crazy in that subway, puking out shit, and, like, she had, she yeah. was bleeding from her ears and screaming, and that was a representation of her faith being lost. And in this movie, like, there was no representation of like escaping like that brainwashed state you were in or mm. really anything. It was more like, Hey, thanks for the helping me see. Like you know? Yeah, it was kinda like if you're trying almost forced. Like if it's trying to be psychological or even like experimental horror, like which it really really hinted that it was with like the whole numbered scenes and like mm. the like the fucking especially just the themes of this like abuse and brainwashing you think there would be less exposition and more like symbolism and imagery mm-hmm. and stuff like that but there really there really wasn't it was just a very explicit movie
0: yeah it was trying to be very human i feel like almost in the face of like all this psychological shit it was trying to portray which i guess it makes sense kind of then why it's laid out the way it's laid out but yeah i I don't know i kind of wish it was it connected a little better i think so it It
1: was just too explicit for me to be psychological yeah that kind of took away from the psychological aspect you know what i mean because like Mm. look at jacob's ladder oh yeah. no exposition as to why shit was going on Mm -hmm. until the very end just with one scene him laying in that bed and they're like yep he's gone like and you're like (laughs) oh he was having you know he's in a coma and he's seeing his like last few dreams before he dies and like yeah this was like yo we're going to explain it you know how mm-hmm. all right rewind it and explain it jim yeah. like
0: <laughs> yeah no this movie is definitely made for like a 2018 2019 audience i feel like uh you know but but with all of that said overall i thought it was good oh yeah it was a good movie it's just that yeah. like i said what it tried to explain
1: and how it delivered it really kind of like lessened how powerful
0: it was to me yeah and um you know there's been a lot of talk too i just want to get this out of the way of like you know people passing out or puking or something like that because the graphic violence i honestly i don't think it was that bad i think there's been a lot worse out there uh some of the stuff was kind of shocking sure but if you've seen anything like Audition or any kind of crazy shit like that, you've you've seen worse than this movie. I just
1: wanted to put that out there. If you've seen the Evil Dead remake, you've already seen
0: way worse than this. Yeah, I think and so. And that was on Netflix a while ago. Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah, ultimately, I do not chop this movie. Nope. I do think uh, it's actually a good watch. Just take some of those elements we talked about with sort of a grain of salt. If you have a different interpretation, definitely let us know what you think about it. You can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at grave discussions and on Twitter at grave srd and you can also check out our website gravediscussions.net.
1: Yes, yes. Tune in next week where we dance with wolves on episode 64 of Grave Discussions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This has been an SRD production.